welcome to the third episode of the Disc Golf Hour. I am your host, Liam, joined by my co-host, Jeremy. Hello. Hello. And so far, so good on uh, actually recording the intro this time without my cat interfering. Uh, yeah, so, so that's going well. Today, we've got a fun one. We're going to be talking about names in Disc Golf. This is, I think, something that I started thinking about it like last week a little bit, and it's it's kind of the, one of those interesting things that you don't necessarily think of super directly all the time, but I think it's really cool, and, and we're going to have a fun episode today talking about disc golf disc names and what makes a good name, what makes a bad name, what we like about names, what, what names we like, those sorts of things. Before we do, though, uh, last week uh, I promised and made a commitment that we were going to do a mock draft of the DGPT All-Star Weekend. Um, so we've got that all set up. So I'll just explain really quickly how that works, and, and then we'll get into that. So what we're going to do is I'm going to pick first uh, in the FPO. Jero's going to pick first in the MPO. And because we're drafting as though we are uh, doing the actual format, uh, for purposes of this draft and this draft alone, uh, Jer is uh, Eagle McMahon and Katrina Allen, and I am Calvin Heimberg and Peach Pierce. So those players are not draftable. You can't select them. And yeah, we're just going to go back and forth, pick our, our teams of six, and then we'll, we'll talk about them a little bit. Uh, that sound good to you, Jer? Yeah, sounds great. All right, so why don't we start with the MPO, which means uh, you have... Is it a snake draft? How does it work? I think it's a snake draft, yeah. All right, I love it. At least that's how I assume they're going to do it. I don't actually we'll, know. We'll do it as a snake draft. I yeah, feel like this is the most fair. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to start us off. Sure. So because I'm Eagle, I am. I think the best strategy for Eagle is to take Drew Gibson first. Interesting. Very interesting. And so interesting. The, the reason I think he should take drew gibson is because i think eagle and drew are the longest throwers by a fair margin so i think if you take drew first that team just wins the distance oh the distance competition because you just send yourself and drew so if you take if you take drew first that's just like free points and drew's also a very good player so that's interesting i don't think that that's uh that's that true i think ezra and Gannon and Kyle Klein all throw really far too, but maybe I think maybe not. For me, they're still a tier down below Eagle and Drew. But fair I'm enough. Happy well, to be proved wrong. Uh, I'm gonna draft as so. I'm Calvin. I'm gonna draft Adam Hammes for sure, and then yeah, I mean, I think I'm gonna take Kyle Klein. Actually, I think I, I'm into it. I'm I'm just gonna take the the highest tier rated players. Um, I think that uh, Adam makes a lot of sense as like someone to send to the putting competition, right? He feels like uh, he has described himself as like the best putter in the world before, right? This is this is the thing he said. Yes. So, I mean, I want the best putter in the world on my team. That sounds good. And... He definitely has highlights that make him look like the best putter in the world, if nothing else. So. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, and then yeah, I'm gonna take Kyle just because I think overall, just very good player, had a very good season. And like, you know, I, d I don't want Eagle to have him. So I'm going to put him on my team. All right. Then I I would take Chris Dickerson, even though he's new company. I think he's still still top five player in the world. So he has the, the credentials and he's sort of 
in terms of the skills competition, you can sort of put him anywhere. Like the accuracy, he's maybe one of the best. The putting, he's maybe one of the best. So he can fill and fill well. So, And then I think I would take Kevin Jones. I think he's sort of another person that he could do well in the putting or the distance. And in terms of singles and doubles play, he doesn't have any huge weaknesses. So... Okay. Um, so that means I would get to take uh, James Conrad. And I think I, I would take Matt, Matty O as the other one. Um, both of them, I think, are actually the ones that I would want to put on the potentially on the line hitting contest. It, it depends on what is involved in the line hitting because if you need a forehand maybe john maybe james not the not the hot pick but but maybe i just as calvin heimberg i I put myself on that challenge and i i sense other people to go to the distance competition i don't know figure that part out um then i guess i would take ezra and ganon last i think yeah well now now your team definitely throws far (laughs) <laughs> yeah just in case there was any doubt who is winning the the distance competition there is now no doubt you would hope at least yeah and then i would take nico i mean i actually think that i'd be pretty happy to have nico for either the putting or the or again the shot shaping um competitions i think i think that he seems like a fine pick for for either of those honestly so i'm would be totally happy to have him on my team yeah, Nico's just a bit of a wild card because, as far as I know, he hasn't announced a disc sponsor. Yeah, who he's playing for? Yeah, so, yeah, yes, it'll be interesting. That, that part. I mean, I guess theoretically, he might just be throwing a mixed bag for now, right? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Um, okay, so now let's move on to the FPO. So I have the first pick uh, in the FPO. I think I'm going to steal your strategy and I'm going to take Haley King first. Uh, Very same, similar logic, actually, which is that, like, yeah, obviously Katrina also throws really far, but you got to feel like if you have Paige and and Haley on the same team that you've got to have a a pretty good chance of winning any kind of distance competition that's going on. Yeah, especially without the likes of Ella Hansen. Yeah, no Ella Hansen, no, uh, no Jennifer Allen. Yeah, none of the other Europeans aren't there. Well-known crushers, yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty reasonable strategy. (laughs) Um, I think if you did that, I would take Missy Gannon and Heather Young, sort of for a similar strategy, and just try to get. I think they're the two best putters in this group by a reasonable margin. So just take the the putting team, and they're also both like higher rated than in the in the upper half of ratings. And I think having Heather Young is, I think, the only lefty looking looking. Yep, she's the only lefty, and there are a couple forehand dominant players, but can't always replicate the lefty lines. So <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Uh, okay, so then I would take. Uh, Sarah Hokum and Owen Scoggins. You were just talking about, you know, le- lefty and 
and lines. I think that Sarah makes a lot of sense as a as a line hitting uh, competitor, and then uh, owns a great putter. And I would want yeah, to, that's true. Maybe I didn't own. give own enough credit in the putting. Yeah, well, I think Heather uh, and Missy are up there as well. Yeah, I think it's close between those three. Um, so then you're up. Yeah, I, I think I would take Kona and Rebecca Cox. Ooh, okay. Interesting. I, I think Kona's Kona's another interesting one. It's going to be see how she's uh adapting to her her new bag, and I think Rebecca Cox is going to have a really improved season. I think her putt's going to be where she needs it to be to sort of get she's going to gain a lot of strokes compared to her last year, which I think I think is going to put her into a lot better better positions in a lot of tournaments so yeah i think i think rebecca cox is due for a a a big improvement this year yeah makes sense uh and then so my for my last two uh, i'm gonna take uh jessica weiss and lisa fakus uh jessica weiss another one who i think fits in that line hitting competition pretty well she also throws kind of far uh i think as well right she's sort of uh uh Uh, she has a she throws about as far forehand as she does backhand, I think, but she has one of the further forehands in the game, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I'm not sure if the, the distance competition will really evaluate that, but but I'm happy, happy with those two players, which leaves you with uh, Dean and Carey, right? Yeah. Yeah. She was kind of the grinder last season. She, I think she played more more holes on the DGPT than than anyone else in the in the FPO, which is kind of interesting because I don't think many people would like if, if asked that question would, would pick Deanne Carey as the person who played the most. Yeah. I would a hundred percent get that trivia question wrong. <laughs> yeah. But it just goes to show she's like a grinder and she, she put up enough finishes, solid finishes to, uh, to earn a spot in here. And I think, she, I don't know of her super well, but I think she's got a fairly well-rounded game. So should be a, a solid player. It'll be yep. interesting to see her like with a bit more of a spotlight on her in this All-Stars tournament and see where she gets utilized by the team captains who maybe know her a bit better. Yeah, I was going to say, is she someone who... She didn't get drafted a ton in our Fantasy League, right? No. Sort of someone, like, someone I, who got picked up in the fifth round sometimes, but yeah, generally, occasionally, generally but, not. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting because you you you'd think like if uh, you know you're sort of like a top twelve competitor, you make the all stars that 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 would have been someone we were picking more often. I wonder we didn't we didn't go back and look at it this analytically, but like I mean, there definitely would be some kind of analytical way to look on look at like the highest value player who didn't get drafted. You know what I mean? Like uh, players exactly, who yeah. scored scored the most points over the course of the season without being drafted, and I, I bet she would be up there. Mm-hmm. Because I, I do think that she was a, a consistent finisher at the very least. Uh, okay, cool. So that, that's our mock draft. I I like my team. <laughs> I I like my te- teams as well, both of them. So yeah, I guess they are they are technically two separate teams. Um, okay, cool. So with that done, let's move into the main topic for this episode, which is uh, as I said, names. So. When we're talking about names, I think there's sort of like a, a bunch of things to think about, right? Because 
some of this is down to marketing and, and branding. Like it is, it is like a, just a, how recognizable can you make your product? But I do also think that there is an aspect of it of, uh, you know, you're going to personally connect with certain names more than other ones, right? Like how, how do you, how do you feel this, about this, Jared? Yeah, definitely. I think, I also think it's interesting how some companies sort of just have, have like one distinct naming sort of theme and other companies sort of jump around a bit and other companies have, yeah, like there, there are lots of different strategies towards it and they definitely attract different people. Like I know some people who like have such a fondness for the names or style of a certain company's discs that that's all they throw. Some are simply drawn more towards it than others and others just sort of pick and choose ones that they think are cool from a wide variety of companies so what's an example of a company that has like a, a wide variety of names i'm like actually having a kind of a hard time thinking i think of one innova of and discraft are the ones for me like they're both like innova has a bunch of animal names some of them are birds some of them are other stuff but then they have like discs like the invictus the starfire destroyer wraith like they're not all animals like they have other things too and then discraft had like their mid-ranges and putters are sort of sporadically bug themed like they have (laughs) buzz roach drone hornet Uh, i'm sure there are others i'm forgetting but then they have like wasp yeah wasp that's definitely one i was forgetting but then they have like all of Paul Macbeth's new discs are like Greek themed. Uh, yeah, mythological names. And then they have like Force, Crank, Zone, lots of other, th- like Focus yeah. is one of their putters. Tracker. Tracker, Predator. Under- Undertaker. Yeah, so it exactly. does seem to be so kind like, of all over the place. Sort of, sort of all over the shop. I've actually never heard of this disc before. Have you ever heard of a Discraft Talon? No, I'm just I'm just looking at a list of Discraft discs currently. Yeah, and then there's went there's out some... of production in 2007. Fun fact. All right, so probably not a lot mm-hmm. of people Be- before my heard... time. <laughs> before my time as well. Interesting. Eight three one three control driver. Ooh. Fun fact. Sounds very stable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, sorry. and then and then there's some companies like MVP that by and large their names are all very very science themed although even they're they're starting to sort of drift a little bit away from that like they have they have the hex which is one of my favorite discs technically it's axiom but they also typically share share the naming conventions yeah i mean there's there's a couple other ones too that aren't that sciencey there too because like there's the crave um which is uh, Axiom as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So, do you think I I, I actually asked this? I I went on the the like Canadian this called Facebook group. Uh, Facebook is what's what's the group called again? If people are I think it's the Disc Golf Hub. Yeah, Canadian Disc Golf Hub. Uh, if you're if you're Canadian and and looking for a place to yeah find out a bunch of cool stuff about Canadian disc golf, 
check it out. Good, good spot on Facebook. So I, I asked some people there. I, I basically posed the question of, uh, sorry, that was my automatic cat feeder going off. Didn't consider that one when we were thinking about the recording. But uh, <laughs> champion's got to eat, you know. He's got to eat. That's right. Um, but uh, so I asked people like how much names affected their their decision making when they were thinking about buying a disc, and most of the answers I got were were no. Like a lot of people didn't didn't say that it was something that they really thought about. But there were a couple of people who who said that either like they had a theme in their deck, right? Like or they're in their um. Bag. In their discs, yeah, their bag of discs. Like uh, they, their theme was something like aviation related, and that there are times where they would just buy a disc without actually even really looking at what it was if the name if the name suited them. And then this is the one that I think is quite interesting because there were a couple of people who mentioned um, companies like Discraft and Prodigy Discmania who have and Prodigy. Dis, sorry, Discmania and Prodigy, yeah, who have very like direct but not imaginative naming conventions, right? Like it's yeah, like, like FD, FD2, yeah. D3, D2, D1. Yeah, D1 max. And Prodigy even goes as far as the plastic, which is, that. that's what turned me off Prodigy originally was the plastic. Like their 400G plastic. I'm like, I can't throw a 400 gram disc. Like, <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> like when discs are traditionally measured in grams, having your plastic called 400 G I guarantee you has turned away like a reasonable number of people. Cause they think it's just really heavy. That it's just like a giant heavy disc. Yeah. 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 That is very interesting. I, I, that has never even occurred to me that that was the thing, but, uh, well, no, like when I, when I was newer and didn't know as, as much as I know now, that's, that's what I first thought. I, I was like, went on to the, the website that like, a not a distributor but a retailer yeah like a but like, like a retailer yeah, yeah different different uh companies and i went to prodigy i'm like oh what's what's prodigy about like i knew some of their players so i was like oh check out some of their discs and then i saw like 500 g 750 g 400 g and i'm like how are these people throwing so far their discs are so heavy <laughs> like <laughs> i threw me for a loop so i i quickly went back to Right, safer uh safer <laughs> pastures <laughs> safer waters yeah yeah i do you, so i quite like actually the very descriptive naming conventions for uh, discmania discs because i do think that they are um useful i guess when you're trying to like understand the use of a disc and understand how it's going to compare it to other discs in that company's lineup. Um, yeah. So I, I quite like the naming convention for discs from both prodigy and disc mania. Right. It's the but we're both very like practical, like people. We, we both appreciate a good. Yeah. Some order. Like, when, logical. When makes sense. Yeah, rational yeah. Naming convention. Yeah. And so just, just to clarify disc mania by and large, their their stock naming convention for the discs they produce, they have uh, P stands for putter, and then the higher the number after it, the more overstable the disc is. And same for MD, which is mid-range, FD, which is fairway. And then they have variations on drivers. They have control drivers, turning drivers, 
distance drivers. And then they also have an X sometimes on the end of the end of names. Yes. Um, which typically indicates a bead. Is that it? Um, Am I nailing it? No, I don't think so. I don't think I'm nailing it. No, because they only have them on the drivers, and I've 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 held some of the discs, and they don't have a bead. No, no, there there are there's like a P3X, but they have DD DDX TDX, and yeah, those PD, don't have beads. PDX P1X P3X. Yeah, I don't know what the X is. <laughs> I don't know what the X is either. All right. I, well, I so so maybe the naming convention is less good than we think it is. Yeah. Because, well, that's the thing that I like the theory of it. But yeah. it's hard to stick to because Prodigy sort of did the same thing, and I'll go over their naming convention. It's 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 very similar. They have they have P one P two similar stands for, I think right. It's P A, isn't it? Oh P1, yeah, P A two. Yeah, because I was like, it's not quite the same. It yeah, can't P A P A one P A two. Except with Prodigy, it's the opposite. The lower the number the more overstable it is, the higher the number, the more understable it is. And then they have A for approach discs, M for mid-ranges, F for fairways, H for sort of in-between fairways and distance drivers, and then D for distance drivers. And they also have an X series for extra distance. But now they've started doing like H3V2, FX2, stuff like that and they also now have the ace line which is produced differently and doesn't follow the same naming convention well so and once i guess you, once sorry, you start adding other things into it it sort of undoes the logical structure and rationality that you were previously abiding by and turns into anarchy Right, it's just not helpful at all. Oh my god, my cat is sneezing in my face. Champion, you are really on one tonight. Um, yeah, and I think one of the other things too, it's like it's so awkward if you if you like are Discmania or your Prodigy and you've made the P1, the P2, the P3, and then you make a disc that's more stable than a P2 but less stable than a P3, what do you do? Right? Like, well, that's sort of what Prodigy did or tried to accommodate because they went way bigger numbers and they left some gaps. Like they went, they have F5 and F7, but I don't actually think there's an F6. So they're like, no, there isn't. Yeah, there's no they, F4 either. Yeah, they, they've they left some gaps for just such just such an occasion. Whereas but that's Destiny also went, confusing. Like, yeah, you... well, it is and it isn't, right? Because <laughs> like if you have an F5 and you're like, I want something a touch, like more understable than this you'd look for an f6 realize there's no f6 then look for an f7 and then you'd be like oh f7 that's the disc i want so you you'd get there eventually i think like yeah i guess so i agree it's also not perfect but yeah 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 there are there are flaws in the system for sure i i like the theory but it's it's in in practice it it seems and clearly is very difficult to to pull off it's interesting so one of one of, like i i did see when i was uh reading through some of the comments on on my post like there were people who were saying actually like stuff like the prodigy and Discmania naming conventions have really like turned me off of the 
when I could see that company. as well. Because mm-hmm. like if if you especially if you're a newer player and you're going in and you don't have a lot of knowledge about what the discs are going to do, you see a prodigy disc with like a fairly bland looking stamp and it says F7 or you see like an Innova T-Bird and it looks like an like hawk dive bombing something like a very like action shot of a hawk or yeah, yeah it looks it looks sick <laughs> yeah yeah it's like which and the discs are like end up being fairly comparable but how many more t-birds get sold than f yeah. f7s or f3s whatever the comparable prodigy i think i think it's an f3 probably but closer like, to an f3 or yeah five but yeah, and it, and it's interesting because I think that like there are obviously like there are some discs that like the name is part of what's become like the ethos around that disc, like where that like discs like I'm th- like Innova I think did did a very good job of this, right? Like even though Innova makes like a hundred discs or something, like almost every disc golfer is going to know what a destroyer is, or you're going to learn very early on. Right, you're yeah. gonna hear that name, and and that's a name that is very like, it's gonna resonate, I think, with a lot of people. Um, it does potentially speak to the sport being male dominated, but that's that's another issue. <laughs> that a yeah. name like that a name like Destroyer is something that's so popular. Um, but I mean, it's it's a good name, like, and it and it's a catchy name. It does it does make it does make some sense. Um, but like, it, it's it's interesting how how that how that happens and like how because of like a name being catchy and being something that can stay in your head i i think that it actually like really does allow a disc to reach that kind of level in the community because like it's interesting it's not just that pollock beth used destroyers and, and won four world championships and so everyone was like well destroyers are great because like Ken Climo won a, a gazillion world championships with the Wraith as his preferred driver. So if yeah. it was only about who won the most with what disc, like you would think that the Wraith would be this super well-known, the the poster child of disc golf discs of disc golf drivers. And but I don't think that's true, right? And it's and I think it's in part because the name isn't as good. It's not as catchy. It's not as snappy, uh, and just fewer fewer people are aware of it. Well, and I think this also goes to like other attributes of the discs as well, is that people want to throw faster discs, whether it's correct to do so or not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So lots of new players have the story of going in to the wherever they buy their disc discs and being like, I'll have your highest speed disc, please find shopkeep and (laughs) then go to this to their disc golf course and confident they're going to throw further than ever before. And then getting just the biggest massive dumpy hyzer they've ever thrown in their life. (laughs) Do you remember that course that we used to play in Victoria? The one we both learned on this woodsy course. Do you remember hole uh, 17 where you had to throw off a rock? Really not safe. I think Yeah, over, over a gorge, over a gorge. And if your disc dumped out, right, you were like in this, thicket of bushes and i remember once we were looking for someone's disc in said thicket of of bushes and we were there 
with a with a friend of mine who hadn't hadn't played a ton of disc golf before uh and she was actually pretty good at disc golf but we you know what she was even better at was finding discs true <laughs> and it and it was hysterical because i want to say in that thicket she found like four 14 13 speed drivers 14 speed drivers like she found like two blizzard bosses you know like and this hole is like 150 feet it's not long like it doesn't require a really long throw but it is it is interesting how how that seems to happen people people gravitate towards the really high high speed discs yeah yeah, that was, well, it's, that was well, it's because cool. people don't understand what the speed rating actually means, but that's a that's a topic for another another episode. Yeah, for sure. So, in terms of names, though, do you think like how how do you think uh, it could be like like if you're let let let's envision that you, Jeremy, are starting a new disc golf company. How do you go about? finding names that are going to fit in the space they're not going to feel out of place but are going to be interesting what, what do you think you have to do to stand out now because like there are just so many registered discs at this point it, it's hard for things not to feel derivative yeah so i think the best way to do it is to try to find a niche that hasn't been well flushed out whatever it is and ideally it connects in some way shape or form to your company and to disc golf but if it doesn't, I don't even think that's the end of the world if you think it's an appealing enough niche to a wide enough market of people. Like, trying to hit whatever is important to disc golfers in today's day and age is, I think, the most important thing. And just once you get your foot in the door and start getting some key people throwing your discs, it'll it'll start to spread. And... You have to do it that way. So I'd try to hit something like a hot button topic, like the environment and try to like, if you're an environmentally friendly company, try to play on that as an example. Right. Okay. I mean, I think that makes sense. Oh, what the one that I'm kind of curious about is like, cause I feel like if you want to be thematic in your naming conventions, I mean, it's, it is getting increasingly more challenging, you know, especially like naming discs after animals is probably nigh impossible at this point. Yes. I would, I, I would think uh, you can just ask Innova with the names they've been coming up with recently. I think that they have been struggling uh, <laughs> to come up with, with new names. Um, well, that's, because, uh, yeah, that's another topic for discussion is, the new the new Innova discs that were old Discmania molds and that yeah. are like just I, they seem to me like just like ridiculously low effort names like the power disc instead of the power driver is that I thought it was called the Phantom Sword or something that's the that's the retooled FD or repurposed FD oh I think. okay they and at, at first they called it the the fairway disc i think but then they gave it a real name but then they were like we probably need to do a little but more then they that. called the pd the power disc instead of the power driver yikes yeah. not ideal not not incredible naming conventions and it's interesting right because i mean obviously some of that reaction is from people who are disappointed in the the fact that that it is no longer 
making Dismania discs, being a little frustrated by that. But some of it is just like if the name is bad and it gets panned, I mean, I don't know. Like, do you do you think that those discs are going to sell less well than they might have otherwise? I do. And I mean, there's also a subset of people who just really like Discmania and don't really like how Discmania was treated by Innova who aren't going to buy them regardless and will quote the name as a reason to not buy them. So they don't have to give the real reason they're not going to buy them because that's sort of more socially acceptable. Right. It's a little easier to tell people. I think this sounds silly. Yeah. Rather than I'm super brand loyal for whatever reason. (laughs) Um, But I do think there are some people that will like go up to the power driver and then see like this sick, like, halo garrett girthy wraith next to it and forget they ever saw the power disc right it's kind of interesting too we're talking about disc names today but i mean also plastic names i think kind of factor into this discussion as well like that's true i like again for me especially i think that with plastic types having it be like more more descriptive is is better I don't know. I don't know if you feel the same way or not. It's kind of a bit challenging, I guess, to have your your plastic name be super descriptive, but it, it's definitely possible. Um, yes. Like for example, I like the the change that a lot of companies have made to like their baseline plastics. They're now distinguishing between like the hard version and the soft version. Like with I like Mania, that a lot as well. You get you have EXO hard and EXO soft, as opposed to just like giving those two discs kind of like slightly different names because they're slightly different plastics. Um, Discmania, I actually think does a worse job with this than a lot of other things. And I mean, some of that, I think with the, with the Discmania originals is specifically what I'm referring to was some constraints related to Innova, because I do think that like star champion. um, Oh, he just looked at me. I just said, sorry. my cat thought i was talking to him but yeah so star plastic champion plastic um are not super descriptive and, and similarly s and c line plastic i mean it's one of those things where once you know you know and it's i was okay. gonna say well they're they're not specific they're not very indicative of what they are but because they're so ubiquitous they sort of are just in in the in the culture almost because so many people start with Innova and so many people throw Innova and so many of the people in their community probably throw Innova. It's sort of just, it's what I learned first. I don't know if it's true for you, but I I imagine it's true for, for many people. And so you, you sort of base everything off of star and champion. Like I know for a while I described other companies plastics in relation to star and champion yeah you were like this is like this company's champion plastic or exactly and so then they knew it was sort of it was pretty pretty firm and like the see-through variant yeah and i mean i guess it's kind of hard to make a plastic names that a plastic name that's descriptive necessarily like you see it a, a little bit with things like baseline or like you'll you'll see that as a plastic name sometimes or uh, i think jawbreaker is a pretty good one it's like kind of chalky and the appearance kind of looks like a jawbreaker. Like it's not. Yeah. It's kind of got the but, muddled look. But then like, the, but then this craft has like ESP 
which like what does that mean right yeah. like <laughs> yeah i'm not trying to say esp or discraft as a whole but i no no i, I agree i'm just sort going of back just to sort of saying yeah going back to one of the companies that i think did the names of discs the best alongside disc mania well for me like the most logical prodigy is another company whose plastic names just turned me off completely and it's interesting because at least their plastic names, like once you know them, they should be logical and make sense. But I, I agree with you. I think that the like uh, addition of the G at the end is just like so weirdly confusing. Like <laughs> pick any other letter, literally yeah. any one. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Uh, do you have anything else you wanna you wanna talk about specifically with re- with relation to disc golf names or? uh any other topics in this in this kind of area that you wanted to talk about I, i've kind of covered the things that i found the most interesting yeah I, I think we covered most of what i wanted to talk about all right sick so we're going to move on to a new segment we're not going to do this every week but uh we're going to debut this segment this week and uh yeah we're still workshopping the name a little bit to be honest i think we we talked about coming up with a new name and then we haven't come up with a new name yet. So for now, we're going to call this segment Pick Me Three. Um, and today, the Pick Me Three is Pick Me Three Discs Names. So the way this is going to work is that uh, Jared and I had talked about this ahead of time. We talk about what we're going to talk about on the episodes at least a little bit beforehand. And so we know that this is we knew that this is what the topic was going to be. And so he and I have spent the last couple of days, I think, coming up with with some of our favorite disc names. Uh, and we're going to go through them, and we're going we're to talk about why why we like these names so much. So do you want to start us off, Jer, with your with your three disc names? Sure. My my three disc names are all discs that I've, I've bagged at one point. Okay. And at, I, I think at some point I ended up getting these discs partially because of the name to at least try out. Uh, so the first one is The Zone. It's not a particularly exciting name, but I think it's a great name to describe an approach disc. And I, and, I, and that's something I appreciate is like a name that sort of describes what the disc wants to do. If that makes sense. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah. you know, a, like an onomatopoeia, but for a disc, it's like a, a disc that, <laughs> that is named like what it should do. Right, right. Um, which is go to the zone around the basket. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another one is my current putting putter. The pure is just, uh, that that's a great one. It's, it's so good. Such a good name for a really neutral putter. Although you that, would think it would be a throwing putter, not a putting putter. You like, I mean, I, I used line. to throw them, but I found a, a disc I prefer better, but I, you, you great throwing putter as well. I threw them for a long time. Yeah. Um, are they beaded? No. God, maybe they're, I they're try too, them. Too understable for you. Really? Uh, for okay. what you want? Yeah, I think so. What What are they? Are they three 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 zero one? Three three negative one one. Oh yeah. Okay. Those would not be good for me. Yeah. <laughs> um. But but the name is fantastic. It's just the name a super, is great. I know that's why I want to straight throw it. putter. Feels great in the hand for me, and the name, yeah. Just, just really clean, simple, another name that sort of describes what the disc does. And then one kind of out of left field and a- appeals to my kind of like nerdy sciencey background is the photon. 
Oh, love it. I bagged a photon for a little while. Yeah. Uh, also a great disc, but I just think it's a cool name. And I had to pick one of the MVP names. I, I like a lot of their disc names and the photon sort of just top top the list for me. Would you say that MVP is like your favorite manufacturer in terms of disc names like across the board or is that title um, somewhere else? Yeah, it's it's up there. It's up there. Yeah, it's it's probably my favorite. If I had There's to a lot of really sick ones. One based on one company based on disc names like on average. Yeah. All right, I love it. All right, my three. I'll, I'll start with the one that's kind of the most like uh, nerdy, and it's not really related to any kind of like logical reasoning. But it's uh, I, I also have bagged uh, all of these discs. One of them I threw literally once, and then decided to throw something else. But I still love the name, and I still own the disc, and so that's why it's it's on this list. But uh, the first one is the Malta. This is this this disc I have quite a lot of, and I bag three of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I, I like the multi quite a lot and i so like i'm uh my my undergraduate degree is in is in classical history um studied greek and and uh, roman history so i i just i love that kind of stuff i really love the paul Macbeth signature series discs for exactly that reason i honestly could have put like almost any i don't love the luna the luna doesn't really resonate for me but like the zeus hades or um or onyx are all totally cool i love those names I, I really like those discs i have a couple of them on display in my house like i am big gigantic fan so i i really like that name I, there's just like it's just cool you know like it, it's just one of these things that like it's referential to something that i find interesting and so yeah i'm i'm fond of it the second one is actually a, it's a pretty boring name but i really like the name fd for some reason and i mean i really like the disc the fd as well so this this shouldn't be that surprising i guess but there is just something like oddly like pleasant about about being like i'm going to throw an fd i don't know why i this this is the one that i have the least good explanation for i'm going to say i got to say but when I when we were talking about this and when I when I first thought okay what are my favorite disc names this was actually the first one that, that came in my head uh, I had to think the least hard about it for some reason um, so yeah I mean, I mean there is some elegance and simplicity right I think that's it I think maybe it is it is something like that I am really interested to see when Discmania is going to come out with some new ones in the uh, their new S line plastic I'm 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 a bit worried. Because uh, I I don't like throwing them in the champion plastic, um, uh, on the sea line plastic I should say. I have heard that people like Discmania team members do have S line FDs, I believe. Fascinating. Well, so, I, I look forward to hearing more. Presumably uh, at some point. I have like I still have a bit of a treasure trove of of S line FDs. I have two in my bag and three on my rack of spare discs so like it's not we're, we're not it's not dire straits yet but it could get there kind of soon yeah uh, I, have, I have a couple and then at least one spare so yeah yeah that that's uh so i know that that's my second one I, I i love that disc and i love that name i think i think you're right i think it is just that it's elegant simple feels good to say 
And then uh, my third one, this one's a bit of a, a nod to this company as a whole, actually. This is uh, RPM Discs, who are based in I, New Zealand. I thought it. Is it the Piwaka Waka? It's the Piwaka Waka. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this game is excellent. Super fun to say. And I'll, honestly, all of their disc names are really good. They have like the Kia, the Ruru, they have uh, the Kiwi. Uh, and it's all, it's nice because it's, these are all um, indigenous um, birds uh, to New Zealand. Uh, I lived in New Zealand for five months when I was a teenager. So I have like a bit of a connection to it in that sense, but I, it also just like Piwakawaka. I mean, come on, this is, this is the one that I bought because I was like, I mean, I gotta have one of those. You, yeah. You, you're going to tell people, what did you just pure that line with? And you're going to look at them straight in the eye and you're going to say, I did it with a Piwakawaka. And, and then you're going to hope you don't laugh. Um, so that disc name is excellent. Whoever decided that that was the name that they wanted to use for their like kind of straight. It's also a sweet <laughs> disc. It's like slightly understable mid-range disc. Yeah, I can't throw it, unfortunately. It just turns over my hand too quickly. I was hoping that it was going to replace um, darts for me. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't. I was kind of thinking I didn't want to bag quite as many putters. I wanted something that was maybe a little faster, um, but had like kind of similar-ish flight numbers. And uh, yeah, it, it was just it was just too flippy. I should maybe try throwing it again, though, to be honest, because... I've been throwing a uh, Castaplast Sphia, and I have been liking that one. You know, Castaplast is a is a is a company. Sorry, this is a, a bit of a digression, but they're actually a company who are very upfront about why discs are named the way they are. Just this has just occurred to me, like that their their discs are typically Swedish words for something they think is related to the disc, yep. which I actually think in terms of finding ways to be descriptive i mean we're not swedish so less descriptive for us but for people who speak the language i actually bet those ones are, are pretty decent yeah i was i almost the it's funny because rpm and castaplast were the two companies i was like sort of sad i couldn't get onto my list that's I mean, why, I, why why limit yourself to three what 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 castaplast disc did you want to get on i i got the rpm list or the RPM i really like the berg because okay, I have a, I have a Castaplast disc that has a sweet rainbow foil stamp with an iceberg on it, and it it's 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 like as if you were throwing an iceberg. It, I mean, so berg it, is Swedish for mountain, apparently. Oh, maybe uh, it's a mountain on it that would make more sense. It doesn't quite look like an iceberg. Well, I it's like I you're think... trying to throw move a mountain, like. It, it really doesn't go very far. <laughs> it doesn't go very far. Yeah, exactly. But I, I love that naming convention too, actually. That yeah, of, great. Uh, of the Of the names, like give me, give me words in other languages that are vaguely descriptive. Like they're, they're understable, uh, like kind of um, control driver is the, the falk, which is Swedish for falcon. Which kind of makes sense when you when you know all right it's like a swooping bird sure sounds good this is a way to get around the there are all the bird names have been used yeah <laughs> although I too. feel like you actually have to be from a different origin than oh like, in yes a hundred percent don't just start a don't just start a yeah Castaplast very Swedish company using Swedish names great don't start appropriating other yeah a hundred percent that is that is yeah. a good point not not that's probably not the not the not the move but yeah if you do speak another language uh fire it up sounds good okay well uh that was a sweet segment i'm 
looking forward to doing more of those in the future. I'm sure we'll come up with some other sweet segments. Uh, Potentially now, renaming it. Probably renaming it, yeah. Maybe we'll do a pick me three new names for this segment because the name is bad. Um, <laughs> hmm. Yeah, coming to a podcast episode near you soon. Um, okay, so now we're going to move on to our recurring segment, maybe the most exciting part of the day. It's the disc on the desk. Uh, so, Jer, you have a disc on your desk. We've been talking about discs a bunch today. Sometimes we talk about disc golf. Today has been more of a disc-focused kind of day, so I'm I'm hoping that I'm tuned in and that I'm gonna 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 nail this disc in under twelve guesses. Yeah, because we we both previously we have both guessed it in twelve. Yeah, we're tied currently, so I need yeah. to I need to break the tie here. So are you are you prepared? You have your your disc. I'm I'm spinning it in my on my finger as we speak. Ah, okay, interesting. Okay, is it manufactured in North America? Yes. Okay, great. That and this time I'm gonna remember that Prodigy and MVP exist, and uh, not ignore them. Is it a Discraft disc? No. Okay. Is it an Innova disc? No. Seemed unlikely. Is it an MV is it from the MVP Axiom um Streamline family? Yes. Ah, I see. Okay. That's three guesses? Four guesses. Four. Is it an MVP disc? No. Is it an Axiom disc? Yes. Oh, thank God. Actually, there aren't that many Streamline discs, so do you Maybe know any of them? I do. There's the Trace. There's the Pilot. There's the... Those are the two I know. I know some Streamline discs, though. <laughs> uh, stabilizer. Enough. There's a Stabilizer. I, I know a couple. I, yeah. I've Streamlined. Um, okay. So it's an Axiom disc. Is it a uh, Distance Driver? No. Is it a Fairway Driver? No. Is it a mid-range? Yes. Axiom mid-ranges. Oh, God. I thought that... Wait, is the hex an Axiom disc? I guess that's a yes or no question. Is it a hex? Yeah. Nailed it. How many guesses was that? That was... Ten. Uh, ten? Oh, lowered the number. Yeah. I it's... only knew one other mid-range that i thought was an axiom mid-range which is the pyro but i didn't think that was a disc that you would own but i thought for some reason i thought the hex was an mvp disc no it's got the colorful rim it's fun oh. fun fact that's how you tell the difference is the mvp discs apart from glow discs all have black rims and all the colored rim discs are axiom right all right, right yeah i guess i i hadn't seen a hex yet i have how, i have three of the special edition skullboy hexes that is a pretty pretty sick stamp is that what this one is yeah what color is it it's a hot pink with some white swirls and a white white rim looks really good yeah yeah, it's got a sick stamp too it's like got like kind of like uh like creepy looking hex font or font with hex written on it there's like some like googly eyes in the spaces there's like a hand <laughs> like cast in a curse there's a lady 
appear like silhouette in the smoke. There's some black cats. There's some skulls. Yeah, it's a it's a sick stamp. Definitely check it out on our social media say. pages. On uh, we'll try to post it. Make sure we post it by Monday if uh. Yeah, and that's that. That's an interesting thing. So uh, we should talk really quickly uh, about release schedule. Um, yes. So the first two episodes got released on a Monday, but going forward, we want to actually release every Thursday. So uh, fortunately for you, you're just going to get two episodes this week. We did we did episode two earlier this week, and we're releasing this one on on a Thursday. And then going forward, every Thursday. Uh, a new episode of the Disc Golf Hour is going to go up. Um, so that is that is the new plan. Um, and yeah, Disc on the Desk photos will probably go up sometime over the weekend, maybe maybe on the Monday. We want to give people a chance to not get spoiled and, and, and play along with the segment, but we, we do also want to show everyone our sick discs. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Although I got to be honest, I am nervous for next week where I've got to come up with a new disc for the Disc on the Desk. I'm feeling I'm feeling like a poser. I don't know. Your your discs are so sick, and I you have I have a lot. Discs. I have a lot of very plain discs. I'll figure it out. I'll 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 find something. Uh, <laughs> I have a, I have I have some like sneaky discs that I'm gonna have to hit you with now that you've maybe once you hit a single digit guess I'll I'll <laughs> up the ante a bit because I have yeah. I have some discs that. Maybe maybe we'll push the the twenty question limit. I think uh, I like it. I like it. This sounds good. Okay. Well, do, do you have anything else you want to cover in the episode, or do you think we should uh, wrap it up? No, I think that's uh, that's it. That was a great episode. Yeah, great. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, it's been it's been a ton of fun uh, talking about disc names. I've actually really enjoyed this episode. It's uh, these are these are the kinds of things that Jeremy and I uh, talk about all the time, and is what sort of made us realize that we wanted to make a podcast. Is that yeah, yeah we, just, we have these kinds of conversations, so we figured it would be good. Um, so thanks for thanks for listening. If you want to follow us on social media, uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at the Disc Golf Hour, all one word. You can also email us at the Disc Golf Hour at gmail.com. Uh, and if you're looking to follow me or Jeremy, you can find Jeremy on Twitter at JRH White, and you can find me on Instagram at LC Discworld uh, if you're interested in following us. Um, yeah, I mean, like like I said, there's exciting content. You can see photos of my cat uh, who's been posed with some discs. There's a nice little photo up on the Instagram right now of him very begrudgingly sitting with an FD. Uh, he looks not happy about nonplussed <laughs> nonplussed but uh i did give him some treats afterwards and he was he was all right that, that. that's good yeah anyway you got anything else you want to add jer no that's that's all that's all right well all around. thanks so much everyone we'll see you next week